from the city of brotherly love. This is Shark Bite Biz with David Strausser. Did it again. You just arrived to the newest episode of Shark Bite Biz. I'm your rock star wannabe host, David Strasser, and this is your place to learn about how to grow a business during complete global chaos. As always, today's episode is sponsored to you by our amazing sponsors and SAP Global Platinum Partner, Seidor, S-E-I-D-O-R. If your business is ready to move off of QuickBooks and start automating those processes, throw Excel out the window, please check out Sador at Sador.com. Now let's get back to today's episode. We're going to be chatting about the yo-yo effect that so many businesses find themselves in and how you can get out of it. So who do we have today? None other than Josh Funger. Josh is the CEO of WTS Enterprises, a business performance architect. He is an international business consultant, coach, and speaker. He has a unique experience of personally helping hundreds of businesses grow simply using the WTS method. His specialty is taking stressed out entrepreneurs from working in their business to working on their business, using systems so that profit and freedom can become a consistent mechanical reality. So, without further delay, let's bring Josh right on in here. Business strategy. Josh, welcome to Shark Bite Biz. You, my friend, you just became Shark Bait. All right, glad to be here. Hey, thank you for coming. So, we have a tradition on the show. Very first question we ask everybody is, hey, what's your background? What do you do for a living? How did you get there? Uh, What's your business? Basically, in a nutshell, tell us what makes Josh Josh. I'm a business consultant and coach. Uh, this is the book some people are familiar with. So when they see my face, they oftentimes see this book, Work the System. And I'm going to get an autographed copy of that sent to me, right? Sure. Awesome. There you go. There you go. It won't be my handwriting. It'll be Sam Carpenter. He's the author of the book, uh, Work the System. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I'm just I'm just the uh, the grasshopper second, uh, you know, the, the one following after the, my mentor there. Uh, but basically, uh, no, I, I had zero plans to be a business consultant, zero plans to be a business coach. Uh, my whole plan was to be in real estate. So my undergrad was in architecture and a master's in business and had planned to do that. I like to say, uh, you know, God had other plans. And so through um, a whole series of events, 2007, eight, nine, during that crash, now I had to kind of re- reinvent myself. And because when you have two kids and you have to actually make some money, uh, it's difficult. Uh, it's difficult to live on uh, unemployment. So basically uh, had to had to become a consultant and, the irony is when I wrote my um, my business thesis position paper, uh, the one that I spent a lot of research on, I wrote about why you shouldn't hire a business consultant and why it's, it's actually not worth the money. It's a bad investment. Don't do it. You know, and here I am, can't find a job in real estate. And lo and behold, I become a business consultant, you know, which is what I had zero plans to do. And uh, that's when I really fell in love with the career. I, I got connected in with a uh, a consulting group, small boutique one that worked with flooring stores. And so I spent the next three years uh, flying from company to company to company, mainly um, small family-owned businesses, multi-generational, and got to help them with you know, inside sales and outside sales and merchandising and pricing and uh, leadership development and cultural, like you name it. I got to work on it because um, a lot of these companies, they just didn't have a lot of business training or skills. 
And so I was kind of the guy who'd fly in and, and help them with those things. Out of curiosity, real quick, um, just because he hit on something with those mom and pops or generational type businesses, how many of those do you think actually ended up shutting their doors during the pandemic when they were, you know, forced to either innovate or close down? I would be guessing. I have no idea other than um, they're extremely resilient, those selling businesses, and um, they are willing to, um, yeah, they take it personally. Right. It's not just like, oh, we'll just shut it down and just open up something new. It, it's very personal. Family's involved. And so they they find a way through. And maybe that's your massive downsizing as a family. Um, or, you know, brother or sister comes in to help, cousin comes in to help, but I don't know, they find a way through. Um, that's why they last fifty or sixty or eighty years. Yeah, yeah. No, that's excellent because I, I kinda was under the assumption that during the pandemic a lot of uh the mom and pops that were hit harder while Walmarts and places like that were able to stay open, um, that a lot of them struggled to, to survive. But it sounds like from your point of view, that, that you're a little bit more optimistic that more of those businesses actually survive. Yeah. And you're just guessing to be clear, you're just guessing, but that's your gut feeling. A lot of my clients certainly had to make some shifts and, um, I, uh, just a sidetrack for a little bit, but I had a number of clients at the time. And when the pandemic was just was starting, uh, my advice was, you know, this is going to be just kind of like the flu, you know, we'll get through, it's no big deal. You know, and then, it, then it turned to like, well, let's shift a little bit. Then I was like, well, get a little more efficient and cut here and there. And, you know, I was really wrong. <laughs> I was really wrong about that. Well, I think everybody was wrong. I mean, it went from two weeks to what we're encroaching three years uh, uh, next month, you know, in March. So that'd be crazy. Yeah, it really shifted my, uh, you know, I had a, a mentor at the time. Um, and I said, well, I'm having trouble giving good strategic long-term advice for my clients because I really don't know the future. And he said to Josh, when did you know the future? Like, Tell, tell me when you knew the future, because uh, if you ever thought you did, it's kind of arrogant, kind of prideful. And so I spent a lot more time praying, a lot more time praying for my clients and a lot more time um, trying to uh, be mindful of that because, yeah, tomorrow something totally new can happen. I think that's why it's essential to, you know, actually have somebody from the outside to give you some clear, objective perspective. And then I think it's also important. The outsider looking in. Exactly. Um, because people are so easily stay um, head down in their habits and they don't necessarily see reality the way it is because they're, they're immersed in their own forest. So that's really helpful. And then also people need to shift, right? And more so now than ever, they have to be nimble, they have to be resilient, they have to be able to adjust to the market and they can't just expect things to be stable and static like they've been before because we're not in that world anymore. Uh, really not. Um, but yeah, so to kind of continue on my story. Um, so after I had been traveling, uh, you know, 20 days a month from store to store, I end up uh, meeting Sam Carpenter. Again, I'll plug the book. I didn't write it, but Sam Carpenter did uh, work the system. I thought you wrote it. I was excited for a second. No, no, I'm not that smart. But he wrote this book and I, I read it. I was living in Bend, Oregon at the time. And uh, we met for coffee and uh, he was, the book is all about how to organize your business such that the company will grow and you will work less hours. Um, and he, Sam is a engineering mind and he um, took his business where he was working 80 to hundred hours a week. And he was, you know, literally living there at the business, sleeping there, working nonstop to working, you know, two hours a week when he wrote the book. And 
his income went up, went up 20 times. And he details in the book how that happened. And so I, um, as a young consultant, I was like the book. And the, the real nugget that I got is, you know, the simplicity of the framework, but also the need to actually identify separate systems and not just teach them like I was doing before as a consultant or kind of do them for the client. When you were saying separate systems, are you talking like business processes? Can you define that a little bit? Yeah, yeah, definitely. The processes, procedures, how you answer the phone, how you deposit the check, how you do the refund, the, the separate pieces that make up how your company actually operates. Uh, typically, it's in everyone's heads, and a lot of it's in the owner's head. And therefore, you could never actually grow because you hit a breaking point and the owner is typically the bottleneck. And so the book is basically how to get owners out of being bottlenecks in their companies. And I love the concept. And I also love the fact that um, he had this nugget, which was to actually document your procedures. And I would fly in to work with companies and things would be going great. But then I would, you know, hear about them six months or a year later and they had the same problems again. And then I would go back and work with them again. And then I was like, okay, now they're solved. Things are going great. And it helped to me when I had one client that, um, you know, we took them through this massive reorganization. He had like five or six uh, flooring stores in, in uh, California. And then he, you know, had massive success with that. So over years afterwards, he had great success. I was like, we really helped that guy. And then a couple of years later, I look on his LinkedIn profile. That company's gone. He's basically a salesperson, you know, in his 60s at the lowest level, just a salesperson at someone else's store. He doesn't have a store anymore, right? So, and I was like, wow, like what we did, we never, we never, I never called the guy, but we never documented the systems of his business. We just gave him advice and gave him support, but we didn't actually go to the details of getting his team to actually put those systems in place. And so uh, for me, I love the book in terms of actually getting the infrastructure into the company in place, not just talking about it, not just getting everyone to think that way, but actually to go the next step to actually get those systems documented. Business process documentation is critical. And as we were talking about earlier, for example, I everybody knows I'm uh, VP of BizDev for Sador, which is a global SAP uh, platinum partner. And one of the first things we do once a customer ends up purchasing our services and software because they want to get to the next level First thing we do is a blueprint, we call it, which is essentially uh, taking all the business processes from A to Z, everything you do in the business, and then we translate that to best practices for the most part. Every now and then you have a customer, no, 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 no. We got to do this this way because that's our secret sauce. That's what gives us the advantage. Okay, we'll let you go on that one. But we we get it all documented. And for a lot of businesses, especially smaller businesses or younger businesses, this is the first time that they've ever had that type of documentation done for their business. Yep, exactly. And you, and you know, that helps companies more be more efficient, be quicker, less mistakes, easier to onboard, easier to train, easier to delegate, um, you know, you name it. There's a whole lot of things that happen there. And it also forces you to focus in not just saying, we just, you know, we do good customer service. We're like, let's actually talk about how you answer the phone and let's see what you actually say and to see if that's a reality. And they're like, well, we just kind of all do it differently. And then you're like, well, then maybe if you're answering the phone a hundred times a day, I'm actually thinking of a, a fitness center that I'm working with and they have multiple locations. 
but they've never written down how they actually answer the phone. And not that that's going to revolutionize their business or make them a lot of money, but just it's just one piece that makes up their business that they haven't thought through and therefore they're swinging it. And we're trying to push them toward that next level. And a big part of Sam's book is saying- Standardize it, right? Yeah, yeah. When you standardize it and you push that next level, you can go places you couldn't go before. Um, and in his case, the industry of answering services, you know, it's typical to have a 5% or lower net profit. And his, it's a 30% net profit. It's not even in the same league. And the reason why is because they do it and they, they think about each of their systems and getting them perfect and figuring out how to, to maximize them and to um, really provide the highest quality service and charge for it, right? To actually, hey, we are the best in our industry and we're actually going to charge like we're the best in our industry. And the customers love it. And the business owner loves it. You know, the employees love it because they're actually working for a company that has the margin to pay them really good wages. And so um, it's, a, it's a win, win, win all the way around. And it has to do with uh, the focus. And so- Comes with efficiency, really. With Sam, I've been working with him uh, and work with the system for over 10 years now. And so what we do is we just take the concepts from the book and uh, I go on podcasts like this and uh, help companies you know, through one-on-one coaching, group coaching, training events. We have our annual event in a few weeks. Uh, and then I certify some consultants that also go in the field uh, as well. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. So one thing that you talked about, again, on the book that you didn't write but promote with Sam Carpenter, I believe his name is, is about how he reduced the amount of hours that he works on his business to get out of that, you know, 60, 80, 100 hour grind a week, which over time will just kill you. It will drain you of your life if you're working that much for that long. So how did Sam really unlock uh, the working for his business or on his business instead of in his business? Let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, and it's uh, it's not a new uh, concept. It really, uh, people say this is the this is the book that Michael Gerber should have wrote after he wrote the E Myth is this book, Work the System. And uh, for Sam, it came um, at the very very low point in business. He had this uh, dream in the middle of the night uh, where because he hadn't been sleeping for for days on end at his call center, and it was basically a table. So he saw a table, and on top of the table was these separate little parts and parts of his business. And he realized that his business was made up of all these separate discrete pieces. And he thought, if I perfect these pieces and put it back together, can I build a perfect business? And that was kind of the premise and the idea. And then he went about and wrote down a procedure. And this is you know, a couple of decades ago because the book is now in its fourth edition. But uh, he wrote on this procedure for how to take all the checks they were getting, like mailed checks, and how to deposit them in the bank. That was the procedure that they wrote. And because he was doing it himself. And then he realized after spending a couple hours writing this procedure, and it's, it's all automated now, but he was going to save himself four hours a week of his time because now someone else could do it forever. And so now he's saving four hours a week, every week for like two decades, right? So you can kind of do the math there, what, what the value of that, you know, just what the value of taking the time to figure it out, to document it, did for his life. And then he just did that for all the pieces of his business. And of course, he raised up managers and staff to be involved in doing it. And so now they're all, you know, in quotes, you know, working the system in terms of working on and working in and using the systems that they've developed 
and continuing to tweak and refine. You know, you brought up an important point there. I think a lot of business owners kind of discount the actual ROI they can get just by formalizing, you know, or formalizing or, uh, you know, creating efficiencies or automating things, you know, and instead of having someone spend six hours a day filling out these different spreadsheets, well, have that done in your ERP or, you know, your CRM solution or your accounting platform or whatever it is. And instead, allow them to go out doing revenue driving activities. I, I think they oftentimes forget about that ROI on the efficiencies of having that person focus on other activities. Uh, and they just think of the overall cost of what they're spending on the consultant or the solution and things like that. Exactly. It's, it's a, an investment mindset. You have to move from putting out fires to preventing fires. And um, yeah, if you, if the system you're going to build or document or invest in one of your programs, um, if you're only going to get an ROI out of it for a few weeks or a few months, then it probably isn't worth the time or the money to invest. But if you're going to be using it for years and you're going to be running that system a couple of times a day or several times a month, it really starts to make a lot of business sense to do it. Yeah. And so we really try to get people to think beyond just the fires of the day, but really to think bigger and broader beyond that. And that's what helps them see the ROI. And you're right. A lot of times it is technology, um, but a lot of times it's just the simple things that. One of my sayings, one of the things I say on this show all the time when I'm talking with people or coaching people is yes, you got to take care of the business today. Don't ignore today's business, but you need to keep, because I, I, the reason I first, let me explain. The reason I have this mentality is because my whole life I was like, no, Get your head out of the clouds. Think of today. You know, we need X, 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 and X, okay? And I'm like, no, that's totally wrong. That's so short-sighted. You need to keep one eye on the present, but you do need to keep one eye on the future because the decisions you make today will affect what happens to the business in the future down the road. And it sounds like that's kind of what you're saying as well. Exactly, yeah. I mean, most people, they... We've met certainly visionaries who are thinking too far in the future and they forget the realities of today. Uh, But more often than not, the owners that we see, at least that get attracted to us, are very much in the thick of it every day. And they're highly involved and they don't really have a vision beyond the day. And they don't really have a strategy or principles to take them there. And that's why they're so stuck. And we try to unravel them. And I was going to mention that. you know, technology is one part of what we do, but a big part is as an outside coach and consultant, we just look at the standards of what they do. And one client was a um, small parts manufacturer and they had, you know, two shifts, first shift and second shift, 20 employees in each shift. And I said, let's just pick a system, you know, something that we're just, we're just getting started, pick something you do every day and let's see if we can improve it. And he picked the document and how his first crew ends their shift and how the second crew starts their shift. That was it. And they do it every day. And they've been doing it every day for 20 years. And we realized that the amount of inefficiency between this shift change was, uh, I'm going to guess the numbers. I think it was like 10 to 15 minutes of wasted time every single day per person per day. And he's like, well, this one system we just documented, um, it's just one page, um, is going to put an extra $100,000 a year to the bottom line. Just that one thing is like, well, 
And what are, what else is, you know, you know, we, we call it mining for gold. Like what other gold is in our business? And it wasn't really um, revolutionizing thing with new technology. It was just getting focused on the work you do and doing it better or faster or more effectively or efficiently. And um, he didn't have someone from the outside taking a look at what he's doing. Great, great. So I want to ask you this is what's a yo-yo business and how do you break free from it? Yeah, so this term I, I coined with, with a client that just kept going up and down and up and down and drove. That's what I figured, but I wasn't sure. Well, they, they go up when they get some new sales, you know, a big new client, big new vendor. And so they go up in sales, but they haven't actually built any infrastructure underneath them. And so as they go up in sales, typically their quality goes down, the customer support goes down, the, the quality of staff that they onboard goes down. and then because they're so busy, they're not, they're not working on business development because they're too busy handling the new work. So then as soon as that client goes away or the work goes away, all of a sudden they haven't been doing any business development or marketing and it starts going down and down and then they start having to be frantic with, with cuts or you know, cash flow becomes an issue and then they rush out there and try to get a new client and they do and then it goes back up and it goes back down. And so if you see a client, like I look at all my clients' financials and if they're just kind of, hovering about the same level for a few years, you know, up and down and up and down, never really breaking free to you know, the proverbial next level. They're just stuck. It's because there are um, infrastructure bottlenecks that are preventing them from actually getting any bigger. They're going to perpetually stay this small business that's because of the owner. It's all because they're using QuickBooks. That's why. And they need to get rid of QuickBooks. No, I'm just kidding. It could be one part of it. That certainly is. But it's, uh, it's the way the owner thinks about the business. And certainly they, they're too much uh, practitioner and they haven't shifted to being a CEO. And I'll, so I'll you know, look at a list of what the owner is actually doing. And I'll look at all that they're doing. And I'll say, that's great. So, you know, where's the CEO of the business? You know, where's the business owner? Because I see somebody who's doing operations or someone who's doing sales or someone who's doing IT or whatever. but no one's actually doing activities that would actually grow this business. And they're like, Oh, I guess we just kind of have a, we've got a ship with no one at the, uh, the wheel there. And that's, that's oftentimes what happens is they only grab the wheel when disaster is striking. But, but other than that, they're really, you know, they're rowing and they're rowing with everyone else. And we try to get them to at least see that because they'll say, Oh, I'm not doing this, this, and this, and this, what am I going to be doing my time? Uh, you know, this client I'm just about to meet with, she wrote, I said, what do you usually do during the day? She says, answer questions and put out fires. Like, that's what I do. You know, okay, well, <laughs> you know, you're the owner of the company. Maybe there's something else that's important that your team needs you to be doing instead. That's all excellent, excellent points. And you're giving us some incredible insight. I really love it. So let's jump into the last topic here. Okay. And, you know, we have a lot of entrepreneurs on this show that, well, that are guests on the show, but also that watch, listen to the show, a lot of solopreneurs, a lot of young executives that are not young in age, but young in their career, uh, or business professionals, whether they're a VP, a, uh, you know, manager, director, managing director, uh, or whatever it is, but they have that entrepreneur mindset. Okay. I think most people that watch this show, have that entrepreneur mindset and they're trying to find some sort of growth, whether it's personal, professional, or business. Okay. So what kind of personal productivity tips do you have for those type of individuals? Yeah. Well, that's always the, the first place to start is that 
um, just you becoming more productive each day is going to have a, a massive, you know, exponential impact on everything else that happens in your company. So, you know, look in the mirror first and it's a tedious exercise, but what we do uh, with all of our clients is we actually force them to notate and write down every single, every single thing that they do uh, listed and also write how long it takes for two days minimum, just so that they can see, wow, I thought I was really busy. I thought I was really efficient. I thought I was really effective. Then we say, well, look at your day. And then we go through and we say, well, this could be delegated. This could be automated. This could be deleted. This could be, you know, batched. This could be done faster. This could be done. And so we, we basically go through every single thing and say, wow, like there is a lot of waste and they, they just never realized it. And so that's, I don't know if it's like the newest trick in the book, but that's what we focus everyone on doing. Super tedious. No one likes it, but everyone likes the result afterwards because they realize, well, I didn't realize how distracted I was. I didn't realize how dysfunctional I was with my time. I didn't realize the impact this is going to have on me. And so once we clean that up and really allow them to have you know, focused time, focused, uninterrupted time, that's blocked out. Many people are in denial. And that's where having somebody like you actually point it out and tell them, uh, you know, whether it's, I, I guess that can kind of fall into constructive criticism. But having you point that out to them will help them get out of that denial state. And they're like, yes, okay, okay, I'm wasting all this time doing this, you know, and it just takes someone else telling them, I think. Exactly. Yeah. It's like coming along being a friend and say, Hey, I'm going to be the friend that actually tells you, honestly, you can't do it like this, or you can't do it all. Um, a lot of times, you know, parents, they want to do all these things with their kids and all these things with the business and do something else and a new company that just some things um, you either need to put on the parking lot, the back burner, or you just need to kill a certain idea. And I'm saying, Hey, this idea based on everything we've seen, a client right now, he's, he has five different companies and a couple of them are driving him crazy. I'm saying, Hey, this company, has no potential, is driving you crazy. Where are you going to either you know, sell it or we're going to kill it? But why do you keep this thing going? And he's like, you know, I never really, never really realized that. Is it profitable or just losing money or what? No, it's losing a lot of money too. And so in this case, it's a restaurant and it's in a, it's in a small town. And he wants to keep the restaurant going. I'm like, hey, you're not a restaurateur. You know, you're this, you're this, you're this, but this is not your trade and you can learn it. Restaurant business is tough, cutthroat. It is. And you, you can't be absentee restaurant owner and think it's just going to all work out when you hire a new kitchen manager. It's not going to work out. It's like I've worked enough restaurants to know and that that's not going to work out well. Well, I watch enough Gordon Ramsay to know, so we're good. Uh, yeah, I started working in restaurants when I was 14 and I've, I've been in enough restaurants to know. You, you need someone there who's serious and who's actually, uh, who's measuring, who's counting, who's holding people accountable because that is a revolving door with staff and you can't just say, oh, I got a good team. It's going to work out fine now. Well, wait six months. Um, so anyways, so not to get on a tangent, um, <laughs> you know, everyone I think needs somebody in their life and it can be different people for different reasons. But as you probably can imagine, uh, usually companies, business owners, they need someone who's going to give them some financial, some personal, some strategic, some, you know, advice that they're not going to get from their employees. They're not going to get from their spouse. They're not going to get from their kids. And, and they, they need it to be honest and they need to be accurate. Otherwise they're going to continue in the same habit and um, self-isolate and really hide what's, what's going on. And um, 
it's surprising how often I work with somebody and they tell me during the sales call or, you know, discovery call, everything's going fine. We said this little issue here, a little issue there. And, and then once I dig into what's really going on, it's like, whoa, like it wasn't just a little issue. Like <laughs> there's been some cancer growing for uh, a number of years here. We really have to deal with it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but it's, it's, it's fun to work. I love the work. Uh, I love, I love the challenge and I love to see people uh, transform and getting to be a part of it. So it's, uh, it's amazing. It makes you feel fulfilling. And I could tell you just from this short interview that we did, you sound totally passionate in just helping businesses grow. And that's why I love bringing people like you and shark bite biz, hearing these stories, getting these tips and really helping people open their minds on how to evolve. So Josh, Thank you so much for coming on. I'm extremely grateful. Please tell us, where can we digitally stalk you online? Where's the best place to find about you, about your consulting firm, anything you want to tell us? I'm plug it again. So workthesystem.com, that's where you're going to get Sam's book. Um, he gives away a free video every week. Um, he's really engaged. He loves help entrepreneurs. So that's, that would be primary. But um, where I do my coaching and consulting and events, that's going to be WTSenterprises.com. So WTSenterprises.com, we give away a uh, summary of the book, uh, business systems assessment, and that's where all the uh, coaching and consulting happens. Perfect. And normal Shark Bite visitors, you all know, we'll have the link down below in the description right after the, you know, little blurb about this uh, interview. Please check out his stuff. Josh is amazing. Josh, thank you again so much for coming on, my man. Yeah, glad to be here. This is fun. Thanks, David. Thank you. Cheers. Wow, that was such a great chat with Josh, right? First, you all know the routine. If you found this interview helpful, if it sparked those warm and fuzzies, do me a favor, hit that like button, smash that subscribe button. But if you really want to help us out, because you know Shark Bite Biz is the greatest kept secret in the world of small business. In fact, we were just nominated as one of the top 12 business podcasts out there today by the expert bookers. Please share us out to your friends, your colleagues, your family, wherever you dwell on the interwebs, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Minds, Mastodon, I don't care. I would love to see nothing more than Josh Fonger, than WTS, than Sharkbite Biz out there in the world trending. Now let's get back to that rock star guest of ours, Josh, okay? He brought up some excellent, excellent points. So many businesses struggle because business owners or business leaders in a business spend too much time in the weeds, kind of micromanaging, I guess you could say, and working on the day-to-day -day business, the weed work, instead of working on their business so that it can grow. You know, when they have to worry about all the ups and downs and every little detail, it's hard to grow a business and really stay focused on expanding that business. That's where somebody like Josh can really help you stop being a workaholic and find a balance between, you know, I, I guess you could say a balance between trusting the people around you and being a little bit hands on because, you know, some people, they just don't like to loosen that grip at all. And you got to strike a balance. Other people, they, they're like, hey, if I could be hands off, I'd be hands off. Show me how to. So strike that by a balance. Find out what works for your business so that you can start focusing on what's really important. Awesome, awesome stuff, Josh. Love how you are helping businesses grow 
by freeing up people's time and allowing them to focus on what's really important. Thank you so much, my man, for coming on. Question of the day. Are you or your owner too involved in the day-to-day business? Leave a comment down below on YouTube. If you want to be on the show, please shoot out an email to interviews at sharkbitebiz.com. If you're watching on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. $3 a month, you can become a baby shark and help us spread the word of the three Gs, personal growth, professional growth, and business growth. Once again, a special shout out to our SAP Platinum partner, one of only nine in the world, Sador, S-E-I-D-O-R. Get off of QuickBooks, NetSuite, Zero, whatever counting business management solution you're on, Throw them out the window. Get rid of Excel. Hit up Sador, S-E-I-D-O-R.com, and we'll help your business get to the next step by automating those mundane business processes. You know this, but I'll tell you again. I'm David Strasser. This is Shark Pipe Biz. We'll see you all next episode. Cheers. Thank you for listening to Shark Bite Biz. We hope you got some insightful info from this podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us through your favorite podcast app and visit us on the web at www.sharkbitebiz.com. How has business changed for you in the 20s? Email us at podcast at sharkbitebiz.com so you can join us and share your story. 